Hi guys, and welcome back to season three, episode three. Um, in this episode, we're joined by the wonderful Junior Eldstyle, or Pooch as I call him, Josh Connolly and Jack Simpson, and we're focusing this chat around relationships, not just the love kind, all kinds of relationships, friendships, work relationships, relationships with your mother, whatever you want. Anyway, indulge, listen up. Uh, I can't believe all four of us made it into a room. I think we're proud of that in itself. Enjoy. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. Hello and welcome to season three, episode three of The Dog Days, motherfucker. Wow, I've got two cameras. That must mean Pooch is back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello, Junior Eldstar on Yo, my left. Uh, hello, mate. We are, we are here with, can you believe it, Jack Simpson, Josh Connolly, Junior Eldstyle, we're here to speak about relationships. I want to be all giddy and excited because I'm joined here by one of my best friends who I've not seen for a long time. Three episodes back from this one, we were speaking about your demise, and Lord, has there been a rise. But we'll come on to that in a second. We are here mainly because this season originally, when Jack and I sat down and went, right, what do we want to talk about? We wanted to talk about the things that make us up as a human being. We wanted to speak about why, why do I sometimes indulge? And why, why can I also be sometimes the person that does 25 gym sessions in a day? How can I be this one person? And we've evolved that conversation on. We've spoken about addiction. And now we wanted to do this under the guise of relationships. Because wherever you are in the world, in Australia, in Taiwan, in Burkina Faso, if you are a human being, and I hope you are, unless you are a dog and listening to the dog days, and I'm very sorry it's not about dogs, you will have had or have relationships with someone. And you will have upset somebody in your life. And you probably have regretted that as well. I think we can all say around this table, we've done something to upset someone in a relationship. So today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off again with some little questions directly at your little faces, Josh, Jack and Pooch. And I'm going to ask the old question. The first question is, Junior Eldstown. Diving straight in. Yeah, man. When have you been in a relationship... And made a decision that you regretted. Um, I think. Remember our last. Well, the last podcast I actually came on mm. was about speaking about um, my past and what I'd sort of been through, and actually going through a heartbreak, um, which was probably one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. Um, you know, I was on with uh, with Steph, my ex now. Um, and it was on and off for a long time and I moved home to be with her and things sort of, you know, happened and there was loads of things that I regretted in the past and with heartbreak, I didn't realise came a lot of guilt and came a lot of shame mm. with things I'd done in the past, um, which I'm not proud of, but to get used to that and sort of move forward from that is, I can't, I'd, I'd actually say quite brave and quite courageous because you really have to dive in Right. To, to your past and why you're doing these things. And I think that's what a lot of people in relationships think is they try they tend to blame the other person for their own faults mm. because they're the closest person to you at that time. Um, and I know for myself, you know, I resented her for a lot of things that I did in my life and I always blamed her mm. for the things that I was doing. But it was only until I started done my own work um, with Josh Connolly to our right. Oi, oi. Well, um, welcome to the show. And I worked with him, you know, <laughs> weekly on a weekly basis where I actually flipped the script and decided to to work on myself. Okay. 
I want to I want to dive into what working on yourself looked like because actually, for anybody that doesn't know you, which is probably everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, there is uh, there's a journey that's quite amazing that, that you've been on, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, being a famous football player in Malaysia and Thailand, la la la, coming back to the UK, chasing love, getting with the person that you that you thought you were falling in love with, that then demising your own identity kind of going away because you weren't playing football. You then flipped the switch, went back to play football again, have almost become a fucking national hero by the looks of things. He's in yeah. the news and he's playing for the national team and there are so many awesome things that you've achieved. But I think the biggest thing that you've achieved from what I, from our conversations and, and everything else, via having conversations with Josh, is what I can only describe as really deep self-awareness. Mm. But I want to kind of start at the beginning of that journey of self-awareness. What was the moment that you firstly called up Josh and what was the problem that you came to Josh with? Ooh, big question. Um, Josh, do you want to... It's hard to look, it's hard to remember exactly where we were at the beginning, but what I do know is that one of the first things that we did, it was like, we want to try and move through this or... Everyone wants to move forward all of the time, right? But you can't move forward unless you move through the things that have happened. So, like, one of the first things that we did was essentially look at why why everything happened. Right. From your standpoint only. So, and then we done an exercise, didn't we? Where you oh, it was to, horrible. If, Absolutely horrible. We literally, <laughs> we, we literally, I got him to list every problem that had ever happened in the relationship and how he showed up to it and what he could have done differently. Wow. And, and every problem that I did in the relationship. So, not, so like not all the actually, actions. All the, yeah. all my actions that I did that was deceitful yeah. or like literally everything. And the list was phenomenal. Really? Mm. Yeah. I bet. And I it, bet it was dangerous. What's the yeah. point? What's the yeah. point of that, why, Josh? So why your Pooch is coming, I'm just giving context. Pooch is coming to you and he goes, I am in a fucking terrible place. I've moved back to Thailand. I feel on my own. What do I do? How can I get through this feeling? No, I was still in England. At oh, you're still in England, sorry, right, okay. I'm in England. I'm at ground zero. What, like, what was the, what was the feeling? What did you have? Do you know what was funny was when people are in relationships, um, they tend to look at the other person for support, or when everything else in life crashes down around them, that one person, yeah, is like kind of all that's left, yeah, and you're relying on them to be someone for you, like in your eyes, like what you should want them to be, yeah. And when that goes and that strips from you, at that, at that time in my life, I like I had no job. My, I had my money. I was in um, debt. Um, I just had no clue of where my life was going. Right. I had no purpose in my right. life. And my only purpose I had left was this, you know, was, was, was Steph. Right. And when that was stripped for me, I was like butt naked. I was like, oh yeah. my God, where am I? What am I going to do in my life without this one person? Right. And when I spoke to Josh, he made me realize like there's so much more to life than... You one know, person. One person. Mm-hmm. But also, it's also very key to to understand that in relationships, for me anyway, I found now, obviously from growing from this from this heartbreak, is you can't be with someone when you're not fully loving yourself. And that is what I realised. I really, it sounds so cliche, like, love yourself. Yeah, yeah, But I didn't love myself. Yeah. I hated myself. What do you yeah. mean? I just had shame. I had deceit. I, I hated myself of who I'd become. Right. In, even in that relationship. And I had to build my self-love again. And I had to find why I you know, what What purpose I have in life and mm. what I love in life. And now I'm in a great place because I'm playing football again. And that is what, like I told mm. you, I found the difference between me playing football back then 
and now is that I actually love the sport again. Right. Like I love doing what I do. And I think then you're in a powerful position to be with someone because you fully love yourself and okay. you're fully cool. content in what you do. So you've taken up what it sounds like. And this thing, if I was looking out from the outside in, Josh, you've almost like surgically removed this little earworm in Pooch's head of you're not good enough or whatever it is. What were the kind of, you said it was like, tell, tell me all the actions, but what kind of process did you go through there, Josh? Because I, and imagine there's somebody listening to this who has either just been heartbroken or is living in a relationship where they feel quite shameful. What would you say to that person now? Well, look, firstly, it depends on what happened in the relationship, right? So there was a lot of things that, Pooch was talking about at the time that he felt like weren't mistakes that he made. So he was like really shaming himself for them, right? I'm a horrible person. I've done these things or whatever they might have been. Not showing up to the relationship in the way that he wanted to, yeah? So you first pull them things apart and say, why did they happen? Right. Right. And normally what we're doing is we we, we say they happened because I'm a horrible person and I'm just an idiot. Why would I do these things? But when you sit and spend time with them and you start to look at what drove some of the things that happened, right, was it... Uh, self-loathing, what was I trying to seek in the way, in the things that I did. When you find out those things, you start to realise, actually, I'm not a bad person. I've just been showing up to the relationship in the best way that I know how, and I've been doing these things because, you know, for the same reasons everybody else makes mistakes. Then you have to move to the next stage, which is the heartbreak. And the mistake that we make with heartbreak is everyone tries to get you to move on. Right. So everyone in your life goes, you're feeling crap about this. We need to make you feel better, right? Come and do this. Why don't you start doing this? Why don't you go out? Why don't you do mm. right? And all of that. So then you, you're suppressing it. Right. And whatever, and then you go home and you're, you're alone with your stuff. So mm. then literally all I was doing for a while is just validating with, with him, wasn't it? Just validating. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. I remember once he texted me, right? And he was in like pain. And he was like, I'm in pain and this is hurting and it's horrible and I don't want to do this. And I was literally like, well done, mate. You're doing the work. Yeah, and, I remember. Yeah, the text back was a bit abrasive. It yeah, was like, it was, what, yeah. the what the fuck yeah. are you want about? I'm doing the work. I yeah. Saying, yeah, it was, wasn't it? I was like, how is this doing the yeah. work? This feels yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What? So you were in such a painful place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, like how Josh covers it. It's so true. Like I, I've even not fallen out of like my closest friends, but when your friends are coming to you from an emotional sort of aspect. They are emotionally attached to how you're feeling because they see how you're feeling. I was living with Clemo and he yeah. was seeing how distraught I was every day, crying, mm. etc. And all they want to do, like Josh is saying, is they want to get you better. They want to yeah. fix you. They want to fix you, but you can't be fixed, like Josh said. If you just surpass it, it takes time and yeah. you put would things you, to bed. Would you agree that in your moments of not having so much of an identity or sort of hating yourself in, in a sense, would you, it, I, I would agree personally, and I would love to come onto my story a bit later, it is very difficult to get past that. Like, mm. And this is kind of what we're touching on. This mourning process is what needs to be done in order to move yeah. forward. It's easier. It's easier to, said than done. No, but it's easier to to fall into the the comfort zone of what I used to do, which was when I had a breakup, was oh I'll, I'm I'm going to be fine. I'm going to go on a piss. Go link a bird. Go link a bird. Yeah. Sleep with loads of women. Yeah. But that makes you feel so shit it's because you haven't done the work. Yeah. You haven't done the work, and yeah. you're so part. Like like Josh said, you're just putting that feeling of heartbreak. To, it's taken me a year. It's filling yeah. a temporary a void. A That's year a of like <clears throat> fucking pain. And yeah. there's still feelings there. Yeah. You know, and it's probably not going to go away for a long time, but it's taken me a year of actually realizing my self worth. Yeah. You know, I think wow. there is still a little bit of pain there. And I will touch on it from when we hung out yesterday and, and not mean to delve into it too much, but 
in in our moments briefly talking about her sort of driving past a certain place where she might have been there was sort of not a negative I hate her or like oh fuck that fuck her yeah. but in the future you will come to realise and what I have managed to grow through until now well, it might be when you meet someone else or you might just have got over them in a better way you do eventually go ah oh, I hope they're alright you know good luck yeah. to them you know rather mm. than being the oh fucking bitch you know, yeah. that kind of thing and, and it happens with boys girls any scenario in the world you know it's, it's there and you will come through that, mm. I can assure you. It's um, it's hard though, isn't it? Because you it sort is. of you. It is. I. It's the same reason as to why we were saying on the last episode, like your. Uh, what's the difference between a CEO workaholic mm. and a, and a, a heroin addict? That person is trying mm. to fill the void. The person is yep. like not feeling good enough. What What do you think there, Josh? That's happening to somebody's brain or to something like on a deeper level? What Where do you think Pooch is up to on that process? Well, I think. There's been, there's always big realizations as you move through it, right? And there'll always be nostalgia plays a part as well, right? Because like they had happy times in the relationship. So I think until you get to another stage where perhaps you do meet somebody else, right? There'll always be that lingering, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily even mourning it, right? Mm. You're just remembering that there was good times and the way that it made you feel. But when we move through any kind of grief or any kind of struggle or something that hurts us, when people around us are like, you've just got to get to this place where you feel better and put it in... Like, he could have done that easily. Mm. In the first couple of months, he could have just gone, yeah, all right, fuck it, I feel all right now, I'm going to move on with it. But it would have just come back up. Mm. In some he, other way? Where would it just come, come back up? But wait, he would have projected it in some other way. He would have started searching for what he hasn't dealt with in somebody else and got himself in rebound relationships and being with people that don't serve him right and all that kind of stuff. All because he exists in a society that tells him he needs to, to feel a certain way. Right. And so all he did is through all of them times just maintained his authenticity. This is how I feel right now. Right. And then the work that he's done in terms of going back to football, you know, doing what he's done, getting back in the national team, being a part of the team that he's with in the way that he has, he did all of that while he was feeling the pain. Yeah. He didn't like get better and, and stop feeling all of that and then go and do that. Yeah. He honoured his feelings. Mm. He was like, you couldn't say that he wasn't doing good stuff for himself. Right. He went searching, he was looking at things, he found the club that he was at, he got called up to the national team. All that was alongside the pain. But he was able to do that because he was dealing with the pain. Right. Right? So he wasn't, when he was going to football, he was able to go to football and be his whole self and then go home and have a cry and text people and ring people or do whatever it was. That's doing the work because you're honouring the feeling. That's moving through the feelings, yeah? yeah? The, 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 the expression is, when, when we avoid any kind of emotion, difficult emotion, mm. we buy ourselves short-term gain at the price of long-term pain. Mm. Yeah. Very w good. What he did is honoured the emotions in that moment. And so the next relationship, when it does come along, whatever it is, it ain't going to be a projection of what he's missed out on or what he feels like he's lost because he's dealt with that. Right. So it'll be based on who he is now. I love that. I'm going to yeah. quickly dive in because I think there's uh, we we said at the beginning of this podcast relationships come in all different forms. That that in its, that in in an instance is a very traumatic ending of a relationship because it's become toxic or whatever the reason is it's broken up. There are microaggressions that happen on a day to day basis. I want to come on to Jack in a second about mm. you know whatever it is feelings of jealousy or feelings of like whatever it is. But I'm going to flip this for a second, Josh. Mm. What relationships do you personally find that you don't show up to being your authentic self in? All of my personal relationships. Give me an example. My wife, my children, the people that I'm trying to seek attachment from, the people that I want to like me, 
Mm. That's when I'm going to abandon myself because I'm going to be worried that you're not going to like me. And what does that come back to? The same as everything else, that in and of myself, I'm not lovable. Right. So the, the, the work is learning to love myself with, with all of my flaws, with all of my emotions, to know that when I am sad, I can be sad. And if you surround yourself with people, and look, if you ask me what I did with Pooch, all I really did is just still be with him when he was sad. And I didn't really do anything else necessarily yeah. in a lot of the moments. It was just like, yeah, you know, I still think you're the same person when you're sad and I still like and love you in the same way that I would in, in the rest of the time. Mm. That's it. And then so he's not alone in it. And so he doesn't have to bend and distort his emotions, right? Now, you know, if I look at my own relationship with my wife, I can go on a stage in front of loads of people and be vulnerable and tell them all, all my deep emotions because I ain't seeking their attachment. Mm. I find it easier to do it on stage than I would to go and be myself in front of my wife. When's the moment that you hold something back from your wife? Whenever I think that it will, um, whenever there's a story in my head that tells me if I show her my true emotion, then she won't love me in the way that I need her to. Right. Can you think of an example? Uh, whenever I think that I'm being weak with an emotion, right. it, it can be as simple as when my wife says, do you want to go here on a Saturday? And I go, what do, well, she, she wouldn't ask me if she didn't want to go, so I'll just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then I'm walk, and then I'm walking around some clothes shop thinking I don't want to be here. <laughs> right? Thinking, thinking, yeah. thinking, she don't understand me. Right. All, all I want to do is go home and do an hour's breath work on a Saturday. She, yeah. don't, she don't want to understand yeah. me. Right. Because I haven't been... If I'd have just said to her, I don't really want to come, Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to do some breath work on Saturday, she might have gone... Oh, well, I'd rather you, all right, fair enough, go mm. and do it. Yeah. And there's no resentment. And I've shown up for myself and not abandoned myself. And you've been right. yourself in that. That, yeah. I fucking love that. Because yeah. it's so micro lies. Just going to focus here for a second. Yeah. Easily done. Go on. Jack Simpson <laughs> and Pooch, both of you on my left and right, uh, are the queen and king of micro it. lies. Just what I'll say is, okay, <laughs> I, and actually, weirdly, you didn't, you didn't micro lie today. You were true to yourself. No, I was true. Well, yeah, I was but true. let me give you an example. Yeah. Uh, do you want to come to the gym this evening? No. Uh, sorry. Yes, I'd love to, mate. I'll be there for 8.30. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Truth is, at that point, let's say you didn't want to go to the gym. Mm. You've ended up not really wanting to go at all. 8.25. 8. Mm. Here comes the micro lie. Hi, mate. Nightmare. Dad's cooked dinner or something. <laughs> and then suddenly you're like, oh, fuck it. Now I feel really let down. That's also a lie. It's a double. Yeah. Fuck you. Mike, but they're so easy because in the moment, and I think it comes to people that like you and Poot, we all are, we're all mm. very like people that want to be loved. Sure. I think it comes from the, the mini disappointment that you don't want to give the person that you're saying the news exactly. to. And that's where toxicity is in its purest form is brewed. I think. It begins, yeah. yeah it's when it's you, the source of it, definitely. You, can't, you, you don't want to be honest in a, mm. in a very small situation where it's, it's so on the surface, fine and friendly and, you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not a bad thing. But for some reason, you want to avoid the immediate disappointment. Yeah, when your friend says, can you come see you next weekend? Absolutely, I'd love to come see you. That weekend comes mm, around. Mm. Can you come? No, I can't. Yeah, I know. Disappointment. I know. Because you can't be fucked to go, yeah. I can't come and see you because my diary mm. is so stacked. I mm. really, really want to, but I'm really sorry. Sure. Jack, tell me I, I've, I've improved on that a little bit, but in terms of the micro lie, yeah, I would agree that I do do them. And they, okay. they happen, they are there, and they must fuck off. <laughs> but um, how, how do for you... example, someone that doesn't do it, like you let's, let two ends of the spectrum. For mm. example, we were talking about Saturday, the Soho House, everything. Mm. You didn't say, yes, we're doing it. I would have probably gone, yeah, mate, wicked, done, sorted. Then it would come round to it and that would happen. It, whereas it was, you didn't really give me an answer. And then a day later, you said, I'm doing this now. Yeah. 
let's 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 work on this and we can create something else so that's just an example everyone uh, for the dog day list of a non-micro life really by the way, boring micro life story but it's just interesting so I'm, so go on what were you saying i, I digress ask, i was going to ask you the question which was much more around your relationship <laughs> yes. when have you felt jack in the last six months because you're in a new relationship yes uh or newish and yeah. you, were, you broke up she went over to dubai yeah uh she's now coming back to the uk but in that period of time you've had a girlfriend that's been overseas mm. that you visited mm. when have you felt irrationally not yourself and a little bit insecure um well i'll give you a rundown of the whole scenario we we met last august um things were great moved forward within sort of first month we we were official um she's very nomadic travels the world um doesn't really have her own home as, as so to speak but every year her family meet and they go to dubai so she went up to dubai at christmas i was still here in the uk lockdown happened and and we had this great plan i went out to dubai for uh, a month to go and see her. We had this um, idea to come back together. Right. Lockdown was very rife still in the UK. And she said to me, look, I, I don't want to come back to the UK. And for me, mm. I was like, I was like, oh my God, worst case scenario. This is, this is awful. She, she doesn't want to, this is not going to work. You know, I was obviously, you know, jumping the gun in all scenarios. I was thinking, oh God, what's, what if this, what if that? Whereas the best thing I did was by coming home and us having the space because it made things even stronger. But in that moment where I was told I'm not coming home, I was all of a sudden subconsciously incredibly insecure, mm. like uh, not tr not trying to give off, like mm. always being this prior, proud Jack Simpson. But I had this insecurity coming from myself and and it was almost being displayed in my body language. And she sensed that. She's, she's an intelligent right, girl yeah. and she... It wasn't, and we had this, we had a very difficult time. It wasn't necessarily my fault or her fault, but, you know, we had pressures of work, things going on, you know, finances. Dubai is a very expensive country if you haven't been there. Yeah. Um, we were living in her, her brother and sister, uh, sorry, her, her brother and her fiancé's apartment, and it was just we were on top of each other. I didn't really have a purpose, and I was like, wow, like this girl, like honestly, like she'll probably listen to this. And be like, oh, that's so cute. But she's like, out of any girl I've ever met, I've I love her more than any of them. It's, right. it's bizarre. Oh, it's oh, like, oh. it's and I have a uh, this special thing for, for. It just it just works for me, you right. know, in all aspects. Not just like, oh, she's banging, mate. I can't wait <laughs> to shag her like later, whatever. But it's like it's You're so much. Yeah, here this now, is yeah. honest.com. Yeah. Okay, um, and you know this. I was out there with her and, and because you know because of this certain scenario you know the, these awkward areas were happening and and I, I just faced the music and said right I need to go home now my 30 day period is running out like just see how it goes and it was really difficult mm. and in the like lead up to the end things became great again and my confidence almost came back like even even random little things like um, terms of ad adoration like you know saying uh, um, um, so terms of affirmation right. like saying I love you like uh, you know things like you that, it, it would, that they're little boosts it's right. like almost like if I could relate it to something ridiculous in terms of comparing it to our last podcast, like right. it'd be like doing a, a, an amazing line of coke and right. you have that high for a period of time and then you sort of go back down and then when they might not say this or you're not sure, because mm. of the circumstances, right. you're suddenly questioning things again. Interesting. And Why? this can be related to all scenarios. And It wasn't her fault, it wasn't mine, it was just a very difficult, complex mm. time. Okay. Um, but things are great now. She's coming back and when she's 
booked that flight ticket to come back. Well, she called me one night. She went out. She said, look, well, she messaged me. She said, I'm coming back to the UK. Right. Like, this is my decision. This is my plan. Immediately, this... Not that I didn't trust her or, 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 I, or the scenario, but I was like, this might not work out for mm. X, Y, and Z. And when she told me, I was like, literally probably punching the sky like right. in that moment because I, it's what makes me happy. And I know that whatever the scenario, we can work on this. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, please do. No, I was going to say, we're, sorry, we're very similar in the yeah. aspects oh, of- Oh, so similar. No, in the aspects of the what ifs. And I want to dig into this. Yeah, yeah, it's dreadful. You must just let the flow, let, let it flow. In relationships- when you are, like me and you, we're, we can be very insecure because of our own past actions. That's why, that's why I am massive, like this and I'd love to touch on it, but sorry, carry it on. It causes massive insecurity in a future relationship that you have. You know, yours is very new, etc. And these past triggers of insecurity of self, which, you know, I still get. And we have the same conversations like, oh, what if this happens? What if she's doing that? What if she doesn't come back? Will she then meet someone else straight away? Yeah. Why do these things, you know, yeah. where, where do these come from? Josh. <laughs> I was going to try and do a butchered version of a Josh Connolly. Yeah. But Josh, you're hearing some things here, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hearing Jack comparing relationships aff- uh, mm-hmm. affirmation to cocaine. I'm hearing... Oh, that was a, yeah, that very was a good, very good, good comparison. No, and I'll, I'll talk about it. that in a minute. Okay. I thought you'd like that. Okay. And the, I'm also hearing poop. Because I, I see, I have so many similarities in these two as people. And mm-hmm. I don't know where it is or whatever happened. Um, but go on, sorry, Josh. Well, look, look, we're all slightly codependent in this room, so we'll all tend to go for uh, we'll all tend to go for quite strong, independent women, right? Naturally, because uh, that's the kind of people that we are. Really? Right? Mm, yeah. Normally, <coughs> that's that, interesting. I agree. Yeah. Wow, that all of us have had a strong, independent, strong, women. independent lady. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had, had, yeah, had. Uh, um, my wife won't be listening to this, so uh, I'm not going to tell her how amazing she is. Uh, although she is. She's like a long line of cocaine. Oh, <laughs> Just before you get whacked in the jaw and yeah. swindling away. No, yeah. but uh, it's the, the cocaine reference is true because addiction is just a relationship and we talked about that last week, right? So they're, they're very similar. Mm. Um, what was the other question? Oh, um, well, if you look back to the two episodes ago when we talked about IFS, mm. the reason that we become paranoid, right, is because at some point, at some stage in our lives, we've got burnt in some way mm. and a part of ourselves was created to look after us. There was like, you don't want to do this. I mean, she, you know, she's really going to fuck you over, right? Yeah. And you're going to get hurt and you're going to get mm. burnt. So that panicky kind of vulnerable part of ourselves exists as a way of trying to protect us, right? to make us panic and think maybe we should just call this off now to save ourselves the pain and yeah. to save us. Or maybe we should start acting out ourselves and do something really, really stupid. Like when I was 18, 19, if I got in a relationship with a woman that I really, really liked, I would cheat on her and then go in the pub and tell everyone that I've cheated on her. Right, so that if she ever cheated on me, at least I could go. Well, I never really cared that much, did yeah, I? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was so, so I was yeah. so paranoid, so right, true. and I was so dysfunctional in the way, and that part of me would show up and do that to protect myself. Now, if I don't know that about myself, all I think is, wow, I'm a terrible person. I'll never get in a relationship with anybody, and I'll mm. never be able to stay with them for that long. Mm. So I think you should always look at the part as being a part that's trying to protect you. And when you can, and when you do that, then you start to see it with a bit more compassion. Mm-hmm. And you go, I'm not horrible. I'm just like everybody else. Behind it, there's a vulnerable, scared little boy who's worried that I'm going to get hurt. This mm-hmm. is interesting because I, um, 
I'm trying not to go on top of it, but I watched an amazing program on Octopus last night. By the way, Octopus... Oh, is it the... What's it called? My Octopus one. My my teacher. My Octopus teacher. It was emotional, beautiful. I think I might have cried. I cried. Sasha and I cried last night. Cry. So, just quickly, for anyone that hasn't seen it, I watch it. Basically, a bloke follows an octopus around in the sea. It's on Netflix. And it's fucking beautiful. This octopus is just brilliant. And I'm just... I'm not going to go into all of it because it's so deep. But essentially, this octopus, like gets his arm fucking bitten off by a shark. And, like, this man swims underwater, doesn't even fucking have any oxygen, he just swims underwater, he's, like, at one with the, with the water, mm. and films this uh, this octopus repairing itself. The octopus then comes into contact again with the shark. And this is mental. It somehow flips up all these shells and creates, like, this weird little shell camouflage, and the shark tries fucking ripping him apart, and it can't do it because it can't get his teeth into the octopus. And you're literally seeing what I think happens to our brains in a weird way. When we have this traumatic thing that happens to us as a child, when Pooch's dad leaves him at a young age, when Jack's parents do X, Y, and Z, my dad doesn't say anything, something happens. I feel like I relate the same thing that you're talking about here as that being the, the shark biting the octopus's arm off. And then our, us forming this weird thing, this little shell dance that we do. To protect us. To Defense protect mechanism. ourselves, right? Mm. And I think the shell dance in Jack's situation is to protect himself from getting hurt by a girl girl cheating on him. So anything, any signs of the shark swimming around and biting his arm off are going to be major triggers to that little fucking shell dance. You've got to do the shell dance again. It's a really weird reference. No, I like it. Are you... Yeah, 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 exactly. And you've got to see yourself with the same compassion that you would see the the, the, the octopus who covers himself in shells, which is ultimately the truth about it because what we do is we beat ourselves up. Why am I such an idiot? Why am I being such a Mm. knobhead, right? Why can't I just be like everybody else? Well, you are like everybody else, for a start, right? (laughs) They're just not talking about it. Um, but secondly, you can start to look at it for more compassion because you, if you start to see the vulnerable kind of wounded boy behind it, mm. yeah, then you start to have more compassion mm. and you start to be able to interact with that part and say, you know what, it's all right. We've yeah. got it. I'm not a defenseless child. I'll be able to deal with whatever is thrown at me anyway. Yeah. And, and it's a much more compassionate approach than, than beating ourselves up yeah. constantly. What, so compassionate towards yourself? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Compassionate towards that part of yourself and ultimately for yourself. Uh, so it's, it's interesting you say that because we can also obviously highlight, now we're speaking about relationships, cheating, which is a massive, yeah, yeah, yeah. massive thing in relationships. Mm. We've all, we're all mm-hmm. here, we've mm-hmm. all cheated. We've all cheated. Have you not cheated? Never? No, no. Okay, no, well, okay, that's brilliant. Okay, we'll, we'll probably t- touch upon that. But when you look at cheating, <laughs> when you look at cheating in the past, in your past relationships, um, even when we were younger, I think that's such a good especially the work that we've been doing, Josh, I used to batter myself internally mm. on, you know, cheating, etc. Because I had this playboy fucking image yeah, yeah. when I was younger and I sort of built this image around me of, <clears throat> like you said, going to the pub, going to the lads, sending them videos, pictures of, of these women that I'm having. It's relentless, yeah. Just for self-validation. Yeah. But when you actually strip that all away and you're compassionate to yourself and you understand why... You who's are, it for? Which who's part it for? What part of me mm. is actually doing this? Why? Where is this inner child thing coming from? Because yeah. there is. It all goes back to past trauma and mm. past reasons why you cheat. And it's never, it's probably never normally actually the other person in no. the relationship why you cheat. It mm. always goes back to yourself. Yeah, yeah. of course. I would say it's that internal family system, guys. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Well, IFS. Um, for uh, those that want to abbreviate. I'm sure you can agree, and like, if it, I would say, as you get older, uh, as a man in this world, um, and going through experiences of relationships, I would certainly say that 
you know, through through scarring is a big reason why you do and might say or, or act in the way that you do when you're older. So, for example, my the re I would say when I was much younger, my relationships were fairly tame. They were pretty chilled. There were none of these problems really. Well, here and there, but like my last relationship, I was. I think coming into my, the one that I am in now, I would say I'm quite scarred and almost have this baggage, which I'm working on and trying to remove. And it is getting better. How does it I must come admit. up? But the reason I have this scarring is through... So, so basically, we were together for two years, um, my ex. Um, there were three scenarios of um, text messages caught on my phone, like... And let me tell you, in the three occasions it happened, was in my flat. We were on a mad one. I had loads of people over. Oh, Jack, can I use your phone? I'm, I'm going to change the oh, tune God. on Spotify. Delving into Instagram, delving into all the things, adultery, and Dark just web. dreadful messages from me. And now, now I can really understand why she walked away and yeah. just carried and moved on quite quickly because yeah. if that was done to me in yeah. my weaker moments now, God, it would kill me. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't see it and I was right. like, oh, come on, Lottie, you'll be all right. I can't believe I said her name, but anyway, it happened. <laughs> I was trying to keep it very blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that but anyway, it's, it's happened. Yeah. And, 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 and I was so, so ripped up by it. I've never felt this in my entire life mm. for such a long time. I mean, the best things like work and moving into a managerial position at a hotel really helped me get through it, if I'm honest right. with you. Like they say, keep yourself busy, keep yourself busy. It works, it does. But because of how I felt after, I've then almost brought this, uh, I'm carrying this into like next other relationships, right. whereas it's not fair to do that because mm. the new person you're with is not like that one. Yeah. And two, if you don't act in the ways that you did previously, this will not happen. Be a respectful young man, yeah. work hard. And do you know what? If they are going to choose, I'm not naming it on my relationship no. now or any other relationship, but if they decide or choose to be um, unfaithful to you, they choose that you're not the one for them, that's not your problem. Right. That's not your fault. I agree. You know, I, 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 it, one thing I want to say on this... It's so complex. There's so much to to look at in it. I mean, the, the, the last thing i'll touch on but i'll let you carry on is is i'd love to touch on social media and the impacts on that and relationships because mm. it is terrifying i want to come i want to ask you specifically after i make this very quick point mm. but i'm just going to go back to the brené brown vulnerability thing <laughs> yeah. it like the minute you are able to be vulnerable in any situation from a work perspective from a football perspective like when you're when you're less fearful of failure when you're less fearful of rejection or yeah. fearful of being cheated on mm. or whatever the fear is when you are when you understand and play out whatever the fear is and you play it all the way out to the worst case scenario girlfriend cheats on you is the fucking worst thing in the world mm. you play all that out and you can still be vulnerable and open and say i love you first and all that stuff yeah. then you're in a brilliant place mm. and i think like that's the issue is that we we're so fearful of the the this thing happening that mm. we damage our life mm. and how we're living mm. it because we're so scared about Oh God! If I don't protect myself, then what's going to fucking happen? And I, I went, on, I went on a walk. This is very different, but a guy that works for me went on a walk yesterday, and he was saying, um, "I, I'm so scared. I can't think about anything else apart from this deal that we had on the table." And we played out the fear and said, "Well, what's the worst case scenario?" And the worst case scenario is you lost the money. And then once that had gone, mm. it's like weight had gone. And yeah. I think the same thing is with with, with exactly. a girlfriend. Just on this social media thing. Talk to me about how your relationship has been negatively impacted by social media. Um, my current one. 
Yeah. My current one, I wouldn't say, has been majorly impacted. Okay. Majorly impacted. I would say, and I'm sure, Pooch, you've got some scenarios mm. and stories. I think social media is a wonderful thing in terms of business, but in terms of like lifestyle now, it can create these. So when, when me and my ex ended towards the end, the natural thing for me to do, and I know so many people that are listening, you go and you stalk. Who are they following now? Who Who's following them? What are they doing? Like, even if you've, you've blocked them, mate, I used to go and go to my mum, mum, can I just use your phone quickly? She said, <laughs> what are you doing I said I'm just checking something quickly I was on her Instagram viewing my ex's like Instagram Mm. being like I wonder like what's going on like is there any way to salvage this it was mad it sent me insane I know when you love someone so much and you can't believe what was taken away from you but Mm. because of your wrongdoings you're like oh my god like trying to trying to trying to build it back but and and sometimes it never works but you know it was for the best and Mm. and from that area of like negativeness and, and me almost stalking and which is totally out of character of me it almost um i almost have it occasionally now where i have moments where i was apart from my girlfriend now and i was like thinking you know i wonder what she's up to you know what's you know who's she talking mm, to and right. she's done the same i'm sure well she's we've spoken this briefly is, this is your, it's it's what, very difficult with that long distance and i can and, imagine your brain will play it lots plays of games on you. you create scenarios fake scenarios yeah. i mean social media for me is a massive 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 one um you know i managed to build a, a big social media following through sport um when i was with steph and you know she was part um, of me sort of growing up in my social media when my followers going up etc and we've had many we had many arguments in the past i.e um, me not showing up on social media for her you know I had a private Instagram account which she, which she was on but then I had my main one where you know I had all these well, girls following yeah. me etc <laughs> and she was never a part of that but this then goes back to what me and Josh used to speak about was my self-validation mm. which I as a child, you know, I had people leaving me. You know, my dad left me. My mum dad my mum then met my my dad. They then divorced and then he left me, got remarried. So as I when when I was growing up as a kid, all I had was people leaving me. Mm. And I didn't know how to keep keep the people around me. So all I ever wanted to build was security, etc. So when I have social media on such a massive scale of all these people on social media telling me they love me, I'm so good, I'm etc. I'm, I'm all this, and I have 200 girls follow me who mm. fancy me. It's just my own self-validation mm. when actually I've actually got all that I needed in one person at home. But social media just plays a huge part in her insecurities as well because she then looks at my social media, mm. says, mm. sees all these people following me, all these girls yeah. commenting, DMing me, and she doesn't feel part of that. Mm. Well, yeah. her intuition is correct though, because her, her... Go on, Josh, what are you going to say? No, I wasn't going to say I thought you went... No, 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 you know, no. the mouth opens. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's her into. I guess because of the way that you're behaving, you've got duplicity, right? You've got two options. You've got player A mm. and player B. Player A is in a relationship with Steph, la, mm. la, la, la. Player B is like, well, if that all fucks up, then I'll just do this instead. Yeah, mm. two completely so different lifestyles. You're never yeah. living in one because no. you can have both. You, you tell yourself you can have both. Mm. But then it's literally like, it's like diluting they your... both go further and further apart. yeah and yeah. then the more one of them does well the more player b kicks on and starts meeting more mm. people player a is like fucking dying and the feels like Bleh. and then fuck before you know it like that's dead and they can feel that i think like we're all intuitive human beings we need to belong we need to like feel loved by someone and if you don't feel that you'll yeah. you'll behave in a different way mm. and then as the person that's player b you look back every now and then for a bit of that validation on the mm. sun on a hungover Sunday morning, and you go, "Why aren't you loving me?" It goes yeah. back to it goes back to insecurities though, mm. because my what ifs were like you said, 
if Steph was to leave me because of, you know, all, all the things that we argue about because she doesn't love me for who I am or who mm. I'm trying to be, then I've got plan B, which is my social media. Exactly. And I can just easily go on my social media, DM loads of girls yeah. and get mm. that validation. But the work I've done in the last month was I removed, I deleted my social media for mm. four months, I think four or five months, my main one, mm. removed all the pictures of there that was like pretend mm. well, that wasn't me. I have my private Instagram and then now I've relaunched my Instagram and use it specifically for for sport, right. so for football, etc. And it's just such a revelation to... I think to, it's great. ...to have that. It's amazing. You know? And, is, and all of your close friends that you love and you respect their opinions go, you're really showing up well on social media now, which mm. was the opposite before. Yeah. And Can I just say, because I, I guess I'm in a very relationship-wise, yeah. I'm in a happy relationship. Mm. And I'm not saying this because my girlfriend's listening. I genuinely believe because in the early stages... I was super honest with all the shit that had yeah. gone wrong. I also, at the beginning, you know, when you go into any relationship, you, don't, you never know how it's going to work out. So I was like, I'm going to just try this out and see. Yeah. I'm just fucking balls out <laughs> on the table. Like, my ex-girlfriend think I had an alcohol problem. Yeah. I, I chose work instead of her. I was listing it all out. Like, mm. and, and Sasha had stayed and she was like, that's cool, that's your relationship. Yeah. I'm accepting of whatever that stuff yeah. is. I remember, like, I went, I got battered on, you know, three weeks into our sort of relationship. And I was like, I'm going to choose to break up with me. I felt all that fear yeah, come yeah. back, being here we go, mm. starting a shit. And she mm. just, she accepted what had happened. Yeah. Because I I was like, you know, that sort of like shaking dog in the corner. She's the right girl then. But, but uh, yes, I agree. And I think it's Is because, it a right girl though? Ah, that's a question. Well, but the thing, the, my, my judgment is, do I feel like I have to ever do anything where I'm not being myself? Apart, you know, is there anything that I have to do day to day where I go, oh, God, I've got to put that fake mask on and pretend that I you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. There's not really. I can't think of anything in my head. Yeah. And equally, do I feel the deep shame that I used to feel with, uh, when you know, when I... Actually, no, sorry, that's not true. I still do feel the deep shame uh, when, I, when, I'm, when I get fucked. But that has taught me it wasn't my relationship no, that I was getting no. shame about. Yeah. It was actually myself and everything else. And the difference is who, who you're with now is acceptance, her acceptance of you being <clears throat> who you are yeah. It's beautiful. And I think as human beings, that Aubrey Marcus touches upon, you know, Aubrey Marcus, he's in an open relationship. He's, mm -hmm. been, he's been in an open relationship for years. And he talks about self-love and, and being your true vulnerable. Until you are your true vulnerable self, you will never, mm. ever meet someone who is compatible to you. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's mm, yeah. one girl or, mm. um, you know, even friends. Because you're projecting someone that you're not. Exactly, because you're projecting someone you're not. Yeah. And not just in, obviously, physical relationships, but your friendships, et cetera, or work mm. relationships, if you're not your true vulnerable self, you will never be happy. You mm. won't in that relationship. Yeah. What if you were doing that at the start of a relationship and it continues? Do you feel like you are able to, over time, get more comfortable with the person and then move out of that? or do you? Uh, Josh, can... what's your diagnosis? Is that a possibility? Yeah, I think it's a possibility, but you've got, to, you've got to keep coming out, right? You've got to literally keep coming out and saying, by the way... You've got to be able to sit down with that partner and say, mm. look, I know I said this, but here's my truth now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the hardest bit because we don't do that. Mm. What you've just said, and, and it's like everyone said, you know, what you did at the beginning of your relationship is said, here's who I am. Do you want to be in a relationship with it? Yeah. And she said, yeah. But what we tend to do often is go, if you're like slightly codependent like I am, we tend to go, if we're not careful, um, here's what I think you want me to be mm. and I'm going to try and be that. 
Yeah. And, then you, and then you can't keep up the act, right? Yeah. And then it starts all falling down and you feel misunderstood and then you feel resentful because they don't understand you and they don't <laughs> understand you because you lied to them for the first four, five, six yeah. months, right, about who you were. Um, so then that's what, how it gets a problem. But I think, you know, in a lot of relationships, we all evolve and discover ourselves over time. And so I've had to, certainly had to do that with my wife, which has come out and say, look, I know this is what I said. I mean, our relationship probably started a lot more like yours, Ollie, in that, when I, met, when I met my wife, I was about 26, had four kids, was an alcoholic who didn't drink, had been married once already. So nice. when I turned up in the seven-seater wagon bus with kids' names all over my arm, I didn't have much of a choice but to lay, <laughs> but to lay it all on the table. Kids? No, I love them. Yeah, I've got any. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny, actually, you, when I first met my wife, we were texting for... I, I met her, she, she used to go to football with her dad, so I met her at a Swindon game. And I wrote my number. Wow. Down. I wrote my number down on a betting slip and gave it to her. Really? Yeah. And uh, we were texting for a while, and I yeah. hadn't mentioned my kids. Mm. Yeah. And then eventually, I was like, "Oh, by the way, I've got four kids." And then my wife, because she's very open and clear and knows what she wants, she was like, "All right, well, there's no point in meeting because I don't want to be with anyone that's got kids." Wow. wow. So, so she was very honest. And then I was like, well, that's fair enough. I appreciate that you can be that honest. And then we carried on texting as friends and then we met as mm. friends. And then because of that, I was a bit more like, well, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Here I am. And we went yeah. out as friends for a while. So you began very authentic. So you yeah. broke the friend zone, mate. Wow. Oh, well, I broke, yeah, look at me, mate. <laughs> 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 no, but, but I tell you what's true, right? And actually uh, what, what that did allow for is we... Uh, I wasn't trying to get her in bed either, which is another thing, right? When we, mm. when that starts taking over yeah, and you think, yeah. I want to go home with this girl and yeah. I'm going to start telling her anything. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, we do that. Interesting. Yeah. We, we do, do that. We, we, we chat shit, don't we, sometimes? Oh, yeah. We when do. there's there's a zone, isn't there? And once you get mm. in that zone, it's very difficult to get out of that zone. Mm. And then you do get in the realms of, I'm going to start saying whatever I think she wants yeah. to hear. And that's not that's that's hard, mate. Well, that's yeah. not you being yourself, is it? Well, it's not be, you. You again. You're 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 doing that abandonment of yourself stuff. And listen, I think blokes do that a lot, and girls probably do it as well. Mm. By the way, what I find most fascinating about that personally is how you she messaged you because you gave her your number on a betting slip. I've done this many a time on a piece of paper. It's mm. never worked. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's interesting? It's always yeah. me talking. And it's because the bet come in, that's why. I'll tell you the story. What was interesting is she'd come to football a few times and I used to keep looking at her, right? And I would always like give her the eye and stuff like that. And what, then... Can I just see the eye? What's the eye? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, for the oh, if only you could see this. <laughs> uh, for the purpose of recording, Josh Connolly is a creep. Uh, I felt myself going a bit red then. But then we were sort of doing that whole eye <laughs> thing, and then one day I thought, I'm going to give her my, I'm going to give her my number. And wow. all I had was a, like, dirty old receipt in my wallet. Yeah. Been okay. in there for ages. So we've been built up, whereas where I went wrong was in a bar drunk, and they'd be working behind the bar, and I'd write my name down to go, there you go, darling, yeah, exactly. walk out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, didn't, yeah. so I didn't give her my number that day, because I thought, I can't give it to her on this dirty receipt. Right. So the next game that I went to, yeah. I went in the bookies on the way and grabbed some betting slips and a couple of bookies pens because I didn't want to look like I'd turned up with my number. Oh, right. that's quite clever. So, so I you wrote, wrote it out. I wrote it down. Wrote it and, out. And, I, and I was like, oh, all Fucking I had was hell, a betting mate, that slip. That is pretty, take, like... Take some notes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> take some notes, yeah. yeah. Because then, uh, on our wedding day, uh, I wrote her a note that I left. We got married in Jamaica. I wrote her a note on the same 
William Hill betting slip. No way. Wow. And gave it to her in the morning and the ring. He said, what, like one? The rings, <laughs> the rings, were, um, the rings were decorated in a Swindon Town football ticket. Wow. wow that's really what, cool. The Swindon. Do you, know what else Do you know what else I did? While we're here on the soppy moment. Yeah, yeah. go well, Another present that I gave her to give to her on the morning of her wedding day. Take note of this for mm. when you get married. Yeah. Uh, I bought a, a notepad and I wrote a diary for 50 days before the wedding wow. of what was going on in our lives. Each morning I would write, yeah. here's what's Shit. going on. You're annoyed Shit. with me and not talking to me at the moment. And then oh. I wrote, and then I, I got the book given to her on the morning of the wedding and said, now it's your turn to fill out the diary. Wow. Oh, go on, sir. I love shit like that. I think I'm going to love Google, that. by the way. I think I want that off air because yes. <laughs> some of our girlfriends, Pooch's future girlfriend, might listen to this. Yeah. And you fucked it for us. Well, I got <laughs> it off Google. <laughs> I got it off Google, mate. Oh, right. Well, don't fucking leer if you hit me. Well, she's not listening. Wow, we've gone off the tangent there. So, okay. And I realise you haven't got too long. I want to kind of, um, I want to wrap this in a way where we can go, oh, that's helpful and actionable. Now mm. I know what to do with myself when I'm feeling a bit irrational. I'm going to point to Josh Connolly on this one because we haven't had we've had a lot of like uh, to be honest 4am gear chats around here being like, mate, <laughs> dad left me um, and that's me and you by the way um, yeah. these, Jack's dad stayed around didn't he so, mm. um, so, so what, what I'd like to ask <laughs> oh lucky you yeah. <laughs> you can have him if you want he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> you're absolutely fine um, what I wanted to sort of leave with here is like Josh when, when, when one is feeling like that right and you're kind of you're going through that moment of uh, of jealousy, of of that, you know, fucking I want to protect my heart sort of thing. What should one do? Where should one head? And and uh, how do you pull yourself out of that fucking destructive mayhem path? Look, the first thing that I would say is you need supportive people around you who are going to hold space for you without trying to fix you. So you can need to be able to go to somebody and say, I'm feeling jealous at the moment, and then go, not go, well, come on, you don't need to be jealous, right? You you know she loves you, and da-da-da-da, because that don't help, does it, right? Because right. you think I know all that stuff, and I feel jealous. Yeah. So you need somebody to hold space with you in that, and and then start to look at why do I feel jealous? What am I worried about? And the jealous part of me that's showing up, what is it trying to protect? When you do that, you'll start to have compassion for that part of yourself. You can sit with it, right, and then start to feel a little bit more in control of it, which is different to it running the show. When you say sit with a feeling, I really try and do this. Mm. And I, but I have ADHD brain or like whatever part of me is going, no, no, don't think about it. How do you sit with a feeling? Mm. And like... Cry. Because I... Uh, cry? Well, it depends on how you're feeling at that time. Depends I mean, that's what, what I did. There's I, lots of things you can do. I, right? I, I, used to, I used to do things like, I said I used to just sort of like bottle, bottle away all my emotions mm. and not want to cry because I don't want to be seen as this weak sort of kid yeah. in, in that sort of moment. So especially during my heartbreak, Josh used to get calls with me like, like cry, I mean crying, fully crying like three, four times a day and actually just going through each emotion. It's not, it's not nice. It's not a nice thing to do, but I tell you what, mm. when you go through it and you, mm. you do let these emotions out, you feel fucking amazing mm. afterwards. And that's why it's important to find somebody that you can yeah. do that with that's not going to try and fix you because when you start sharing in that struggle, then you're not alone in it. And when he shared stuff like that, if it was a call or a voice note or or a long message, mm. I don't try and reframe it for him yeah. and say, let's try and get... I go, yeah, okay, mate, I hear you, and it, it totally makes sense that you might feel like that. I think where a lot of people go wrong, which is where I, I definitely went wrong, post breakup was the emotions that I was feeling I put on her right because I thought 
she needed to 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 see how distraught I was from the breakup. Yes, I etc. And a lot of people, you know, from her point of view, I was the cause of the breakup. So I don't, you know, you crying for seven minutes on the phone to me, begging for me back, which is a lot of people do because yeah. they do all these things in the relationship, and then when the relationship ends, all this guilt shame comes on, yeah. Yeah. and then they think automatically to fix this to show yeah. her. How, how much, much in pain, get, how much yeah. I love you. I love you so much. Like, yeah. I'm in so much pain because of this. Like, I'm sorry. Mm, but that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Never I can't do. Works. I can't do that. And that's why you have this defense thing where you chat with your mates and they're all, it's imprinted on you for years. Like, oh, play it cool, bro. Like, play this game. Mm. Like, uh, don't text her too much. Like, this, that, the other. And I'm like, whoa, lot to take on and yeah. deal with. But you yeah. do become almost, like, used to it. And then it becomes an everyday game mm. constantly. It's, it's, yeah. that, it's not good, though, because you're not yourself. No. And I remember speaking to you Josh and you said it's actually good that she has heard how you're feeling and and she can see that you're very emotional not necessarily in a good way that she's going to take you back now mm. but at least you've been your true authentic self because you haven't done that in the relationship you never really showed her how, how, how much yeah. pain you were and how much you did love her and there were times when you would be like shall I text her or ring her and I'd be like what, what do you want what do you want from it yeah. if it's to just yeah. share a little bit with her then do it. But don't do it if you're doing it because you're hoping she's going to then message back. And yeah. then it becomes manipulative. Cause, yeah, because yeah, yeah. then it's different. And then That's so there where were, the, I'm going to kill myself if you don't yeah, reply yeah, to yeah. yeah, so there were a couple of times that where he was like, no, actually, I'm feeling something and I feel like she needs to know this. Yeah. So we did it and that's fine. But then there were a lot of times where he was like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna sit with it for a bit longer and just mm. see what it was. But you know you what you it. taught me was not to... So if you're going to do this, if you are going to message her how you feel, yeah. don't expect anything from it. Yeah. And that yeah. was what changed for me because there were times when, especially right at the start, is I'd message her to expect her to, to you know, love me back mm. or to expect her to forgive me. When the sort of time, as time progressed, Josh would say, oh, okay, if you are feeling like this, do message her, but don't expect anything back. If it's mm. generally coming from a place of, of yourself yeah. to not try to manipulate her situation because you can't. Yeah. You know, the, that's not how the world works. You can't manipulate someone to be with you. And if you do, which a lot of relationships do sort of, end up in where yeah. you beg for the girlfriend back etc after you've cheated so on and she does come back it's just going to go back down to the spiral again yeah i think that's that is exactly that's exactly what happens isn't it you sort of you're you want reciprocation for your feel or like at least some sort of validation like oh see i can see you're feeling like that right you're forgiven mm. or like you want where actually it was you that needed to forgive yourself exactly Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just remaining... When I say sit with the feelings, I just mean remain true to them. Know you're in them. Know, all right, I'm going to go and do this because I'm feeling like this and I want a bit of escape from it. Right. Just be aware of it. Don't start pretending to yourself that you're over it because that's when it will come out of you sideways and yeah. you'll project it onto other people. Yeah. And that's where... But, but that's what a lot of people around you will do. They'll go, come on, mate, you've got to get over it now. And it's like, what do you want me to do? Just say I'm over it then? Yeah. Because yeah. if you went, there's no point in saying it. We had that problem, didn't we? They were like, just get over her. I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you I'm over her when I'm not. I know you want me to be over her, yeah. but mm. I can't sit here and pretend that I am over her yeah. just to keep you happy, yeah. you know? No. Yeah. And, the, and the difference was, is that you were still moving, he was moving through it. So mm. he was looking at options. He was putting in, he was doing the work on himself. He was looking at things that I can do, right, for myself. What can I do for myself? If he was in a room and not coming out of it and his life was falling down around him, that's slightly different. Yeah. But that's not what was happening. No. He was just remaining true to his feelings while working on himself. And look, that's why his story's like quite a big one, really, because he ended up, he's back playing for 
the national team and doing all of that kind of stuff from where he was a year before. Yeah. So f through that heartache, he's done what he's done. And it's uh, it's almost like when you're over it, you know, when you're over whatever, you'll be able to recognise just how far that is. I think you're still in it in a way. Where yeah, you're going, 100%. Like, this is where I, I know I'm doing the national stuff, but I can't feel that just yet. Yeah. And I feel like in, in about... I don't know. So let's say six months time. If, if things are a little bit clearer by then, you're gonna it's gonna hit you, and you'll mm. be like, "Fucking freedom!" Yeah. I feel like I felt the pain. I felt the the thing that I needed to feel. The inauthenticity mm. is, is caught up with me now. I feel authentic and yeah. I feel real. It's very humbling. And this is the very feeling humbling. of it. I know that because you you went through that. I won't. Let's not delve into another yeah, relationship sure. now. But you went through pain, but you allowed yourself to feel it, mm. and you and you let yourself. You I did. You, you, you mourned it. Yeah. And I think. A lot of people don't do that. Mm. We don't do it as mm. children when we're mm. hit with trauma, and that's why we become lots of different versions yeah. of ourselves. Mm. And we don't do it in adult life, mm. and we can't be fucked. Yeah. And that's where the little mini lies come yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dropping them. Um, well, look, we we we've we've chatted mm. a lot. I think I'm hoping this has been a valuable conversation for anybody that's got in in any relationship or might be struggling themselves. If you are looking to get a relationship, just call 07825. Josh Connolly is here. <laughs> yes. Um, well, no, all jokes aside, Josh Josh is a fucking amazing coach, and. I reserve him for the best of the best of my friends now because I realise that you're doing bigger and better things and doing like 25 million man and women uh, webinars. But for anyone that is lucky enough, they get to have this time with you and look at this looking thing here on my left pooch. And yeah, I, I always say the common denominator in most of my one-to-one mm. -one clients at the moment is Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, but no, I really appreciate it. I'm lucky to know you. I'm lucky to be in this room with all of you. Um, the, the next phase of this, we, we said, is going to be masculinity. Mm. I would love to evolve these conversations to keep on going on. There's a lot about masculinity that's coming around at the moment. Um, I really think that we need to look at ourselves as men, not just from the Sarah Everard thing that happened, but mm. but actually growing up, there is, there's, there is a richness to the conversation in knowing what it is to be a man in 2021. Mm. And actually all of this IFS stuff is, uh, is going to play out in those conversations too. Mm. So, Josh, I mean, you might want to have a week off. We, we might let you have a week off. We're going to invite <laughs> you back in. Appreciate um, but I appreciate seeing you here. I'm very lucky to have the junior on the left. Happy to be back. Um, I'm looking forward to having a G&T with you in an Let's afternoon. Let's go. Not too many, Josh. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> I've got a small drinking problem. Yeah. What was that? You said that. You fucking much You sounded this. like uh, the guy from the office then. Not too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, Jack. Thank you for making it on time. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. I was here, baby. <laughs> Alrighty. Cheers, chaps. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.